The number one thing I would say is to find your niche, find something that makes you stand out finding your audience from there and then create that community, have a community that has really strong rules and structure so that people appreciate that they know what to expect and add value as much as you can provide free content and always be there for your community and engaging with them. Here at Kajabi, we're known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And the Creators Playbook podcast is here to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the advice and playbook you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, then allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone and welcome to the Creators Playbook podcast. Today, I'm joined by my friend Lori Gold, an actual past guest from the Kajabi Edge podcast who's here for at least if we air this in in the order that we record it, she'll be the first ever repeat guest on the podcast. So today, I'm really excited to extract some great actionable insights for all of you. We're going to be talking about how Lori has built an incredibly successful online community and get some more insights and actionable strategies just for you. Uh, so let's jump right into it. Uh, Lori, how's it going today? Tell us uh, your elevator pitch, uh, you know, 30 seconds or less, who you are and what you do. Thank you so much, Jared. I am honored to be here and to be the first repeat guest. Um, I am a former travel advisor and my niche and my audience and my product is very, very, very small for a very specific number of people. And it's only for travel advisors. And basically I teach travel advisors about the Mexican Caribbean. So it's the most niche audience that you can find. Um, I have masterclasses and I also have a membership that gives them, um, content to learn about, sell and promote the Mexican Caribbean. I love it. I love it. And it's very, very, uh, is, is niche down. It is. I love it because it's simple and easy to understand. So uh, the one element of this that maybe, uh, I think we'd like to just share a little bit more color on, um, you mentioned you have a course, you have a membership, obviously you have a community cause we're going to be talking about the community. I want to go back and I guess get an understanding of like, when did you know that you wanted to do this full time? Well, um, the, the history, I guess, of my story is that I started doing this during COVID when my career was sort of on hold. And then when everything sort of started coming back and I was booking travel again and running this free community at the time, a free Facebook group, I was like, I can't keep doing both of these things. And I did for a while. I think it was about a year that I did both of them for. And that's when I started doing the paid classes and that went so well. And I enjoyed it so much more, I guess, than working with clients. Um, that was when I realized, okay, I'm making the same amount of money or more. It's a lot less stress. I'm enjoying it more. So, you know, something's got to go and it's got to be my travel business. Very nice. Very nice. And that's, I think, uh, probably a very common path for people who ultimately become successful on this is they start off 
doing the the day job, whatever that may look like, whether that's in the same exact field or it's something entirely different. Um, so really, really neat to hear your perspective on how you translated that work. Well, I, I know you have a, a pretty successful community. So I would like to just ask you, what playbook uh, do you have for our listeners? Uh, and tell us uh, just a little bit about why they should listen to you on this topic. Well, my community, it started in June of 2020. And we're October of 2023 right now. And I have 19,500 members in my free community. Thousands upon thousands have taken my master classes. I don't know the, the number is exactly. And I have almost 1,700 people in my yearly membership. So all of the people who have done my classes and are in my membership have come from my free community. So I kind of think I'm a community expert. If you look at it that way, um, I've built this community from the ground up and I am the only admin and have been for the entire time. And that's something that I take um, pretty seriously. It's it, running the, the free community alone is almost like a full-time job, but the way that I run it makes it so successful and makes my other businesses so successful. So uh, really big numbers when it comes to community, or it seems like it to me, um, I would be lucky to get five or 10 people in a community. Um, <laughs> so I want to know how you did this. Um, so perhaps you could break it down. I know numbers are not everything. You've also generated a lot of business off of this. So perhaps you could tell us like anything you want to share there in terms of of the success you've driven from this community. Yeah, I never ever imagined that it would be as successful as it is. Um, that I would, I, I was, I had a pretty successful career as a travel advisor, and um, this is way more successful. And I don't know if it's necessarily less work, but it's less stress. And I never imagined that it would be, you know, over half a million dollars in the time that it's been, which has been about two and a half years or so. So very thankful for um, my community and for Kajabi and for everything that's led me to this place. Um, but really it's the community. That is how this all uh, began. It never was meant to be a business, but I created the community and I just realized what they needed and created what they needed. And that's how the classes came about and the membership, which is what, what has made me the money. Well, uh, help me, help us, help our listeners like break this down into a few steps. Uh, I would love to build a community that maybe even has a third or a quarter of the success that you have had. So how would you distill that down into some ways that maybe any of our listeners might take and put into action? So I think what's really important is to find a niche uh, and find something pretty specific. It doesn't necessarily need to be something that no one else is doing, but what I'm doing, no one else is doing. So that is something that um, is really good because I actually have no competition at all. So I know that a lot of people do the same things. And I've seen a lot of courses of people sort of offering the same things. The more niche you can get, the better it is because the less chance that someone else will be doing it and you'll have less competition out there. So really figuring out that niche and, and, you know, putting it out there because there are going to be people, you know, in every, in every sort of category, it's just about finding them and, um, you know, promoting you, you should hopefully when you find your niche, you should have people already in it that, you know, right. Um, and they should be the first people in your group. If you don't, then you sort of need to find your, your people. There has to be a few people first to, to build on it. Otherwise you can't just like put it out there and hope that people will find it. You need some sort of you know, like for me, for example, I, my group is 
focus just on the Riviera Maya in the Mexican Caribbean, but I'm in a lot of general travel groups. So if I posted something in a general travel group about my group, then people would see that and they would come. So that's how another way you can find people is in a bigger niche within your, um, whatever your topic is. If you're in those groups, that's where you can find people for your very specific niche, but finding that niche and creating a community based on that is really important. And then once you have your Facebook group, something that I take really seriously and is why um, my Facebook group is a lot of uh, travel agents favorite. They always try and post things that are not relevant to the destination that I have to decline um, because they just love the group so much is because I run it really strictly. There's a lot of rules and there's a lot of structure. And, uh, most people are in a lot of different Facebook groups and we see the same questions being asked over and over and over. And I don't allow that. Um, I'm very strict with what gets posted. If it's been asked in the past six months, maybe (laughs) you get a decline. You can search the group. Um, there's a lot of different rules that I have and a lot of other groups are not run that strictly. And so it's just kind of a waste of time to sort through all that. And I'm in those groups and it bothers me which is why I run mine so differently. I run it as if I'm someone, a group member, and I run it how I would want to be in a group. And um, that has really helped the success. And a lot of the people that join, it's because other people are inviting them because they enjoy the experience of being in the group so much. So probably half the people that join every week, and there's hundreds that do join every week, is other people inviting them. Oh, you have to be in this group or tagging my group in other groups, you know, there's so many travel agent Facebook groups. So they tag, they tag. I've never asked anyone to do it. They just do it because they love how the group is run and how much they learn from it. And that would lead to the next step, which is adding value. And I post free content every single day in my community, in my free community. I engage with people. I ask them about themselves. I ask general uh, questions just to get engagement so that people do see what I'm posting. And I'm just always giving, giving, giving. You can't give too much. There's always going to be, or there should be so much more that you're not sharing. And if people think, wow, she's sharing so much, I can't even imagine what she's not sharing. That will hopefully cause them to want to buy your program or to just even support you. So many people have purchased things from me because they want to support me. They see all the hard work I do. I'm helping their lives. I'm helping their job and they want to support me. So even though they might not think they need it right now, or they don't have time to do my class or be in the membership, they just want to support me. So they buy my stuff, which is totally fine with me. Yeah, I love that. So many great tips and insights, even amongst each of the steps, just to take them in the same order. I loved how you talked about um, using essentially a more macro group to bring people into your niche. Um, and I was trying to think about like how I might apply that in my world, but it's really cool because in a way you're not actually, you're no longer competition. You're seen as almost an ally in those groups. So I would love to know just like, how did you seed the community, if you will? Because, you know, if it's just you in there, um, you know, there's not a lot to be a community. It's not a community actually. So how did you get those, that first group of people in there? I think for me, it was a little bit of luck because there was a hurricane or three hurricanes that were sort of coming to this destination and people needed a place to talk about it. And here was a place that I had created for them. Um, and same with the COVID protocols and things like that. But in general, um, I think that when you start a Facebook group, you, you might want to create some content first so that there is something in there. There might not be a lot of people, but there's, there's something, maybe a resource or two. I have a huge featured section. I mean, all Facebook groups have a featured section, but I have a lot of different things in there that I pin to the featured section that people can reference. So sort of creating those, um, 
those reference points and reference guides and, and things like that, that they can use for, um, whatever they need and having it in there. And I, I think that for me, I do have a lot of friends in my, in my industry. So that's the way that I started inviting them. You know, again, I, I think that I like how you described it macro, um, in, in every industry, there is a macro and then you, and then your niche should be within there. So hopefully you do have maybe some friends that are in the macro industry and you can invite them and they can invite people that they know. Um, or you see it in other groups that people are asking questions. You can say, Oh, you should join this group. This can help you if it's allowed. Of course, some, some groups don't allow promoting of, of other groups and other businesses and things like that, but it, it's not, it might not be a business. It might just be your free Facebook group like mine is. So, um, a lot of people I notice are tagging my group in other groups. Do I'm not maybe seeing those tags or I'm not seeing the questions, but other people tag it for me. So at the beginning, you can tag it yourself. If you see people asking questions or ask or needing advice or needing help or whatever the case might be, tagging your own group in other groups so that they know where to go would be the starting point. But hopefully people have some friends or colleagues within their general industry that they can invite as a starting point. And then maybe they know people in the same industry or niche that could benefit from that Facebook group and invite people. And then it just snowballs from there. When you talked about uh, just the rules and the structure that you used, I'd love to understand a little bit more about at what point did it become necessary? Um, because I imagine, again, with just a few people in there, you probably don't require as much structure as maybe you do today. And at what point did it, uh, was, was that the trigger that ultimately led you kind of to the question I asked earlier of when you knew you're going to become full-time, did it become a full-time job before you made it a full-time job? It sort of did, but honestly, I think I've had those rules from the beginning. And I think that's also, like I said, what made it so successful. So I just know how other Facebook groups can be, especially within my industry. And I didn't want to be like others. I wanted it to be run really well. And that's what I've continued to do. But yes, running it that well and directing people to where, which posts they need to go to. If I do decline their posts and all these types of things is a full-time job. I could easily let it go, like just let everything go and it would run itself. But, um, the reason that it is so successful and that people love being in the community is because of how I run it. That's one of the big reasons. Let's talk more about that. This one is a fun topic for me all the time. But when you talk about posting daily, first of all, what does that what does that look like? Because I can't imagine you're creating like an hour long video every single day or maybe you are. Um, but that seems like a lot of work. So what is the what does daily value look like for you? Sometimes it could look like researching something in the destination and just sharing with my audience. A lot of the times it's posting news articles or things that I've learn from news articles. So I subscribe to, um, a ton of different newsletters within my industry. And every morning I get them in my inbox and I go through them all. And I, I zone in on anything that has to do with either general travel or travel to my part of the world. And then I have those things to post to my group. So that's how I get content. Um, I create content by doing polls for my audience and asking them what they need. Or I ask them, you know, what are your top 10, whatever, uh, adult only resorts, your, you know, your favorite ones, or I'll make a poll and they choose. And then I create a resource based on that. So a lot of it is also asking them what they need. I ask general engagement questions that have nothing sometimes to do with our industry, just to get to know people. And sometimes they have to do with the industry, but not 
the niche that I'm in, but just in general. So we're taught my niche is just the Mexican Caribbean, but I'll say, you know, what's, what's your favorite hotel that you've ever stayed at in the world? Or, you know, what's the last trip you've taken or, you know, where are you in the world right now? Post a picture. So different things like that. It's not all about, you know, providing value all the time. Some of it is just keeping people engaged, getting people talking about themselves, about their favorite things, and generally making it a fun place to be. So it's not often that I'm posting. In fact, it's never that I'm posting like a video or anything like that. It's, it's more just coming, coming up with different things every day. I'll even sometimes Google like engagement questions to ask in Facebook groups as inspiration. It doesn't need to be complicated. You just have to get people talking. I love that. The lots of like the, the two takeaways that I'm pulling from that. I, I love just the general engagement question of asking the question, what are your top questions? And I think that that uh, the other element that really stood out to me was how, and I think this is so important for people, especially if you're considering jumping into any particular niche, you may find that like, Wherever it is that you're looking at appears to be crowded, but I think you made a great point, Lori, that, you know, sometimes just consuming content and distilling that down into the relevant pieces can be such a value add for anyone who's interested in a particular niche or subtopic. So I uh, really appreciate that um, that perspective on it. I am I'm really interested next, though. Um, you talked we talked about like how this is was effectively a full time job. Where uh, in this journey did you realize? that you had a need for a tool like Kajabi? Uh, from the beginning. <laughs> um, well, I shouldn't say from the beginning of my Facebook group, but the I, I was running the Facebook group for free while doing another job. I never had the idea that it was going to become a business. I never had the idea that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I was a travel agent. That's been my only job my whole life. That's all I knew. And then when um, I realized, okay, this is, you know, this Facebook group is taking up a lot of my time. Plus I see a need. I see that this community needs more than what they have, what they can find on their own. Um, there's no resources that give them exactly what I know I could teach them. Um, and if there are, like you said, they might be in a different way. And part of what a lot of people are doing is taking information and putting it into like an easily digestible format. Right. And that's, I mean, the stuff that I'm, that in my niche, I'm not telling them something that is like profound or something that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of factual, right? Like these are the resorts. These are what they are. These are where they are. Like, this is the information. This is the destination. Like it's, it's just information that, um, that they could probably find, but I'm making it, you know, easy to digest. And I realized that there wasn't anything like that. So that's when I decided, okay, I need to create something for these people. I don't even know where to begin. I've never done anything like this before. I've never taught anyone before. I've never used any sort of tools um, except for Zoom. And I have no idea what to do. So that's when I realized, okay, I need, I need a system. And I contacted a friend who I knew was already doing classes for the industry and asked him what he was using. He said, Kajabi, and I'm using Kajabi. And I never looked at any other tools. I just went for it. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like we still have a little bit of work to do in terms of getting you perhaps onto Kajabi communities off of the, the Facebook communities. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's hard because everyone's already in, you know, on Facebook, but <laughs> yes, yes. No, completely understandable. Um, so I'd love for you to just uh, almost think about yourself when you were just starting out on this or anyone for anyone who's listening who maybe is considering taking a leap. What advice do you have for someone who's just starting out? 
I think the biggest thing for me and what I see is makes me different from other people in, you know, the Kajabi Facebook group or other membership groups I'm in is that I started with the community and I started with the audience and I didn't have to find the people. I had the people. I just needed to create something for them. I think doing it that way is a thousand times easier than creating something and then having to go out into the world and find all these people. It might take a while to build that community, but once you have it, you have a built-in audience. I've never advertised. I don't need to advertise. I have my people. No, not all of the 19,500 people in my Facebook group are ever going to buy something for me. So I have this huge pool to draw from. I don't need anyone else. I don't care if anyone else joins. You know, I have everyone already in there. So spending the time to create the community and really providing to them is the biggest advice, the biggest piece of advice that I can give, because I just can't imagine doing it any other way seems way more difficult and challenging. And plus then you have this great community. I mean, I love spending time in my face of group, Facebook group and getting to know the other people. And I've made lifelong friends from it. So it's an actual community. It's not just, you know, people online. I've met so many of them in person and some of them are my very best friends now. So, you know, building that community from the start, no matter how long it takes is where you're going to get your best audience from. And that is like the, the number one step that I would, that I would take is to, to really focus on that before anything else and just keep giving them free content. You can't give too much. Build the audience before you build the product. Uh, is such, such crucial advice. Um, and such a game changer, as you said, uh, you never, you're not out on the search when you already have that audience in place. So I'd love for just one more time, just like to quickly wrap it up. Uh, tell us that playbook one more time for anyone who's starting out on community, just, uh, as quickly as you can. The number one thing I would say is to find your niche. It's the most important thing. Find something that makes you stand out. Try and find something that no one else is doing. And that means you won't have any competition <laughs> and really, you know, figuring that out and finding your audience from there. That would be um, my biggest thing. And then create that community, have a community that has really strong um, rules and structure so that people appreciate that they know what to expect and add value as much as you can um, provide free content and always be there for your community and engaging with them. I love it. Well, uh, just to kind of wrap things up, any exciting future plans for your business that you could uh, share with us? <sighs> future plans. Well, I'm always planning on more classes. So I have, I think about six or seven um, classes that I sell. They're just individual classes. And right now we're in the middle of a full rebrand and redoing the whole membership portal for my membership. So that's really exciting. And I hope that that will be released yesterday. So, um, in, in the next little while, and that's really it. I mean, my, whatever I have right now is keeping me very busy. So I don't have anything, um, that exciting coming up, just always providing more content for my members and, um, more value, adding more value to the membership. That's something that I do every single month within my membership and then creating more, uh, courses based on what I see the need for in my community. And how about just since we have you here, uh, anything that excites you about just the travel industry in general that we can uh, look forward to in the coming months or years? It's just 
ever-changing. And that's what's so cool about it. And that's why I have so much work. There's so much to keep up with. I live in the Mexican Caribbean and lots of exciting things are happening here. We have new resorts opening like almost every single month. They're building a new resort, uh, sorry, a new airport here in Tulum, which is very exciting. And they're building the Tren Maya, which is a train that goes around the whole Yucatan Peninsula, which is going to change uh, the travel industry in this part of the world. So that's what's really exciting for me um, in the travel industry. I love it. Well, for anyone whose interest is peaked off of that um, or wants to get to know a little bit more about you, maybe if they're a travel agent already or if they're, I don't know, what do you share on your socials? Do you share awesome pictures of Mexico that uh, people just like uh, me might be interested in? Exactly. So on my uh, personal Instagram, I share my general life and Mexico life and um, resorts and excursions and all sorts of things. And then I have um, an Instagram dedicated to to the destination. So those are open for anyone to follow. My personal Instagram is explore with lore, L O R. And my business one is the resorts of the Riviera Maya, but those are um, open for anyone to follow me. They are uh, public profiles and I do share all sorts of things that are happening in the destination and daily Mexico life. <laughs> it sounds exciting. I can't wait to check those out, but thank you again, Lori, for being again, uh, again, if we air this in the order, we recorded at least our first <laughs> ever repeat guest on the podcast. Uh, super excited to have you back um, and learn even more about how you took this, uh, took your business uh, to a highly successful place, a multi six figure business, uh, which is so cool. Thank you so much. Well, that is all we have for our listeners this week. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks again for listening. 